All right. Good morning. So glad you're here. We are in week three of a wonderful, we've been having so much fun in this series called Next Level Relationships. Opal over here. Um, thank you, man. And, and a friend over here. We got a couple. Um, Next level relationships. This is week three. And hey, if you missed week one or two uh, in your marriage or with your kids, you don't have to miss out. Go to gunnisonbethany.com and all the podcasts are there and and you'll be blessed because we are growing in faith and God's given us things to do uh, that are just changing everything about our relationships. So we want to welcome you to next level relationships friends edition this is the friends edition yeah all right you can fade that out thank you i'll be there for you who knows the song i'll be there for you that is great advice great advice coming to you through the friends theme song but if you're anything like me we need a little bit more information. For what? I'll be there for you. For what? So God's word comes in very handy here because it tells us what we need to do to experience next level friendships, what we need to do when we get there. Now, whether you're a Jesus person or not, whether you're a church person or not, we're going to talk about a lot of things today that you can apply to your friendships and, and take it to the next level. Of course, um, there's always more that, that's there, but um, no matter who you are, there's some practical things. So we're going to go to the Word of God to find out, okay, I'll be there for you for what? Right? Here it is. If you take that down, we'll look at this. I'll ask you to read it out loud with me. They're short words, short verse. You can do this. I believe in you. Here we go. Ready? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. That's what we are to be there for one another. That's what Jesus was all about. That's what he wants you and me to be all about. If you and I were smart enough, that is what we would want to be all about. Bearing one another's burdens, carrying them lifting their loads, easing their struggles, carrying our friends. It will bring them and you and Jesus more joy than you can imagine. Now, if you were here last week, we talked about following Jesus' house rules leads you into joy. If there is a lack of joy in your life, let me suggest that perhaps one of the reasons is that that you may not be serving your friends the way Jesus wants you to. There is joy in that, in carrying your friends, in carrying their burdens. Jesus wired us to feel his joy when we do his work, and he is all about bearing one another's burdens. So carry your friends. Now, Josh, back there, is my friend, and he's a big guy but he just got a panicked look on his face thinking that he might have to lift me up. Good news, Josh. It's not a physical lifting. So what does it look like 
if carrying your friends and carrying their burdens doesn't look like giving them a piggyback ride? What does it look like? Well, consider this. Real friends carry one another. Real friends carry one another. They may not lift us up physically, but they lift us up emotionally and spiritually in our faith and and in so many other ways. They lighten our load. And that's what we want to do. We want to be a real friend to the people who need real friends. And I would suggest, this is for free, that when you move houses or something, you find out who your friends are when they have to lift your stuff. But you find out who your real friends are and whether you're a real friend based on whether you will carry the burdens of your friends. And what does it look like? Well, um, about a year and a half ago, right before, like about a week before Thanksgiving, um, many of you know I had emergency brain surgery, which explains a lot, right? But um, so I was in a, a hospital, a rehab hospital in Denver, learning how to do stuff again. I, I've always wanted to tell people I've been in rehab, and now I can. Um, and so Thanksgiving was rolling around, and, and Quincy and Sheree are there at the hospital with me. Um, and we had a lot to be grateful for, but a traditional celebration of Thanksgiving was off the table for us until our friends Pam and Edward called and they said, we're coming. Not only that, but you need to find a room where we can spread out because we are bringing Thanksgiving dinner and all the fixings and celebrating with you in the hospital. And they did. And it was amazing. That was the most moist turkey I think I have ever had. Maybe because I couldn't stop crying over it. Um, as we laughed and praised God and thanked him and just were grateful from the bottom of our hearts. If I live a hundred years, I'm never going to forget that. That's what it looks like to be there for somebody and bear one another's burdens. Uh, My sister um, lives outside of New Orleans. Her son who was 22 years old, died in January of this year. And Ron, one of her friends from law school, shows up at her door, driving hours to be there. And he says, Mary Ellen, I am here for you. And she falls into his arms and thank you, thank you. He says, no, I don't think you understand. Literally, I am here for you. This is my suitcase. I'm sleeping on your couch. I'm going to stay there. I'm going to cook. I'm going to clean. I'm going to run errands. I'm going to talk. I'm going to listen. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to do whatever you need for as long as you need. And I'm not leaving and going back to work until you don't need me here anymore. And he did it. And that's what being there That's what I'll be there for you to bear your burdens looks like. So um, some of you are thinking, man, he could have just like texted a crying emoji or something. No, 
No, no. Look, love shows up. Okay, I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Friendship. In fact, all love equals time and attention. Time and attention. The person who came up with quality time was trying to get themselves off the hook for just giving somebody they loved seven and a half minutes. No, time and attention. That's what it means, not text. It's not the thought that counts. It's you and your love and your time and your focus and your attention and your willingness to get up under your friends and lift them up, carrying them, carrying their burdens. And here's the great news. You don't have to wait until somebody dies or almost dies to show up and do that. A friend in your life is struggling with something that they may not tell you or that you may already know. And you can show up. That will do. And you can show up in different ways with time and attention and be there for them and lift their burdens. Now, you want to do that proportionally. And I don't want you showing up in my house saying you'll be sleeping on my couch because you found out I cracked my iPhone screen. Okay? <laughs> That's couch surfing. That's not what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to show up in ways that are going to bless. I would be happy to see you, but you know what I'm saying? That's what we're going to do. And this connects with weeks one and two of this next level relationship, right? Your spouse needs your time and attention. Your kids need your time and attention before your friends, right? That's why we put them first, first and second. And now we're third week, we're talking about friends. But your friends need your time and attention too. Some of you are thinking, if I do all that, I'm just going to lose myself in the process. Good, good. Because if you do that, then the greatest beneficiary is you. Take a look at what Jesus says. He said, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his, her life for my sake will find it. The very thing that we grasp and cling to so much, our time, our space, our life, our rhythms, our and lose it for him. Lose it for your friends and you will find him. You will find your life in a way that you never thought possible. Okay, so um, that's what we're going to do. We're going to stop. We're going to stop giving so much time to things that don't matter because you have friends in your life who need you, who do matter. So we're going to go through... um, if this is so glorious, if this is so good, like bearing one of those burdens, I'll be there for you to lift you up, to carry you. If that's so good for you and them and Jesus, and what could possibly keep us away from doing that? There's, there's four things I, I want to quickly talk about. Then you're going to get a fun homework assignment. So here we go. Let's look at the four things that will keep us, keep you, keep me from showing up and being there and bearing one another's burdens. Here's the first one busyness, busyness. Chuck Swindoll says it well. He says, busyness destroys relationships. Busyness destroys relationships. And this is true. It's true in marriages. It's true in parenting. It's true for your friendships. 
You say, I don't have time. I don't have, I don't have time to, to do all of this. I, I have to be busy about other things. If you don't have time to be there for the people in your life, what exactly do you think God gave you time for? My accomplishments, things I have to accomplish. Okay, let's go with that. According to God, here's what you need to accomplish. Love him with all your heart and love people like Jesus did. Accomplish that. And when you're done with that, when you've got that all covered, then you can accomplish anything you want. Okay, that's the deal. But not until then. Don't let busyness get in the way of faithfulness to your friends, to God. Is that where you're at? If it is, you can make it right today. And that's called repentance. It's, it's agreeing with God that we've been on the wrong path, confessing him being made right. God is never too busy for you. That's the kind of friend Jesus is to you. We can't be too busy for the most important things in our lives. Okay, number two, self-focus. Self-focus. We can become so self-focused that we can't lift other people up and carry their burdens because the only thing we're focused on is us and our burdens. Or worse yet, everything's always got to be about us. So if that's the case, we're not going to be able to serving our friends because we're just going to be absorbed in whatever we're going through. And we can't be that. If that's you, you want to make it right today, you can. God is always thinking about you. Psalms say his, his thoughts for you are endless. He's there for you. We can do that for our friends. Number three. Number three, isolation. Now, Rick, this is what we do. We isolate ourselves. Uh, Rick Warren put it well. He said, um, we would rather sit and watch reruns of Friends than actually going out and making some <laughs> or going out and being one. And that's true. Look, I love Gunnison. Um, lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else, but lived in five other states. And um, I just want to say, look, I love this place. I love the people here, but we are a weird bunch. We are just, we're quirky. I will tell you what, I have never met so many isolated people, self-isolate in my life. It's like we all choose to go into solitary confinement, right? And you don't have to have done hard time to know that that is the most extreme form of imprisonment, solitary confinement, and yet we self-impose it. We do that to ourselves. Now, for some of you young moms who can't go to the bathroom without an audience, solitary confinement, I think, might sound pretty good to you. But for the rest of us, no, no. No solitary confinement. We have to get out. We have to stop doing that. We have to realize that life is a team sport. That following Jesus is a group activity. And we have to refuse to sing solo a song that was written for a choir. Because it does not sound as good as you think it sounds. And we're deciding that over and over and over again. And God, who has every reason to isolate himself from us, came where you are, to you, for you, 
and is here pleading with you to not be isolated. Not from him, not from the people who need you the most. Last one, and then we'll get to your fun homework assignment. God bless you. Here we go. Pride. This might be one of the sins that God hates the most is pride. And now this flips to not just letting, uh, not, not, not reaching out to somebody and carrying their burdens, but allowing your friends to lift your burdens, right? You have to. Take a look at this. You have to be honest and to let your friends know you're struggling and let them help. That's what we have to do. We have to. We have to. It says bear one another's burdens. That's mutual, right? I'm going to bear yours. You're going to bear mine. We're going to walk through this with Jesus together. It's mutual. I have to let you know what I'm struggling with and let you help. Look, most of the people who come to me for marriage counseling get divorced. Now, yeah, most of you just... uh, made the decision, you're never coming to me for marriage counseling with, you know, that's okay. But let me explain why. Because by the time a couple comes and and is willing to open up about the fact that they're struggling in their marriage, they have been secretly struggling for years, maybe decades. And by the time they come and talk to me, one or maybe both of them has decided that they're giving up. And that's why they get divorced. I am a lousy counselor, but in this case, that is why. Now, this also applies to every other thing we struggle with. In pride, we tend to carry our burdens alone until we can't take it anymore, until we can't possibly hide it. And then by that time it gets out, it is a, it is a, is a, a grade four hot mess, right? We need everything then. When if we were humble enough to say, look, I don't have it all together. I need you. I need Jesus. Look, If this church is anything, it's a bunch of people who got to the point where we said, we can't do this life thing, this love thing, this cert. We can't do this. We have messed it up in every way you can think of, plus some. We need a savior to carry us. You're in good company. So let me give you permission to say you don't have it all together. Because I don't. And I need you. And you don't. And you need each other. We don't. And we all need God. That's where we are. Okay, here's your fun homework. Here's your fun homework. Are you ready for it? I don't think you are. All right. Here it is anyway. Whoa. Leftover lottery party. If it is anywhere near as fun as the name you are in for it. This is going to be great. Um, leftover lottery party. Now, um, this week is what... Now, if this is a crazy week, then do it next week. But try to do it this week. 
I want you to get together with a friend. If you do not have one, then you need to make one, right? Okay, stick around after. We'll pair you up. If you're a single, get a single, right? This is not a date, okay? I'm not helping you get a... I will help you in other ways, but I'm not helping you there. This is not a date. If you're a couple... Get another couple. If you're a family, get another family. This is going to be a dinner, a leftover lottery part. It's a dinner, but it has rules, okay? So the rules are on your worksheet, so you don't have to write them down. They're there. But here are the rules. We're going to go over them quickly. Number one, leftovers. It's what's for dinner, okay? Everything that you consume at that dinner is either coming from your fridge or your freezer, it is a leftover, okay? Somebody or you have eaten part of this before. Number two rule, 50-50. The other person, the other couple, the other family have to bring half of what you're eating from their fridge and their freezer, okay? Number three, connect nothing new, You have a couple of things and you think if I just make this, it will tie it all together. No, you make nothing new. You buy nothing. This is a leftover lottery party. Nothing new. Number four, it is a mystery menu. You cannot tell them what you're pulling out of the fridge or the freezer. They cannot tell you what they're pulling out of the fridge or the freezer. The more mismatched, the better. Oh, it looks like we're having Marie Callender's chicken pot pie, a portion of Mario's half and half salad. That's nice. A seven layer dip that is now a six layer dip because the top layer dip got scraped off. <laughs> Double dragon pork lo mein and, a, and some kind of meat. Wait, wait, I think that might be fish. Take a bite, let me know. It sounds great, and it's gonna be. So get your microwave humming and do this. Some of you thinking, you're a crazy man. They took out part of your brain that you needed to be a pastor. Probably true, but you're here. We're gonna do this. Why? Why I got to do leftovers? Why I got to cook in the microwave? Look, because this does on the outside what you and me and our friends need to be doing on the inside. Being real. Being casual. Being all out there. Inviting them into the mismatched, random, messy but beautiful life that we often live and sometimes struggle with. And just shut the door on the Pinterest, perfect picture, cleaned up, gussied up. Everything looks like you never lived there kind of life. And we're not done yet. Okay, after the smiles and the laughter of being real and eating stuff that maybe you should be throwing out. I don't know. And dipping leftover pizza crust in your six-layer dip. At some point in this meal, you're going to get real. 
And you are going to ask them and they are going to ask you this. What can I help carry for you? What can I help carry for you? And then you're going to pray. And then you're going to start doing it. We're going to start showing up in ways and lifting in ways. And, 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 and response is, well, there's really nothing you can do. That is off the table. You mean coming alongside you and lifting your face and lifting your heart and, and carrying this with you and walking through this with you and interceding before the throne of grace for the God who loves you. You mean that's nothing? So the most complicated problem you can do something for. What can I help carry for you? And then do it. And then do it. For some of you, the answer is in this room. For some of you, the answer is in your neighborhood. For some of you, the answer's right here. For who you need to reach out to, to help or for help. Friends are a provision of God. You know, us Jesus followers, we're the worst at this. Here's what we do. I know this because I do it. We say, I could do this by myself with God, right? I'm going to pray just you and me, Jesus. That's all we need. And he's going to do this. And then it doesn't seem like the burden is lifting. And I say, Jesus, why are you not doing what you said you were going to be doing in carrying me? And I imagine he's saying, I'm trying to, buddy. I have provided friends that I live in and work through and you keep pushing them away. Are you doing that? Don't do that anymore. Don't do that anymore. Okay, let's get back to our scripture and send you guys home. Here we go. Bear one another's burdens. Let's look at the second half and so fulfill the law of Christ. How does that Fulfill the law of Jesus. Well, what's the law of Jesus? It's love. Love God. Love other people. That's, that's your assignment. That's what we do. That's what it's all about. And Jesus was the perfect example of this. The perfect example. There was a young soldier who was serving in the Vietnam War. And he was rejected and persecuted by his platoon. I mean, after all, he was scrawny and not near as strong or, or virile um, as some of his partners. And he was always writing letters home or his head in his Bible or something like that. And he was soft-spoken and they looked for opportunities to put him down sometimes verbally, sometimes physically. And they rejected him and they persecuted him. And one day the platoon decided that they were going to play a, a prank on him to see what he was made of and, and make a spectacle of him. So after the platoon had bedded down for the night in the barracks, one of them went outside and took a disabled, 
hand grenade and threw it through the window of the barracks onto the floor right by his bunk. Just watch what would happen. And this rejected serviceman bolted up out of bed, threw his body on top of the grenade and yelled, Grenade! Get out! Save yourself! And the entire barracks fell silent when they thought that they would be laughing because the one that they rejected was really the one who was willing to trade his life for theirs. Jesus is the most powerful example of that. Isaiah writes, surely Jesus, he has what? Borne our griefs, carried our griefs, and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. We rejected him. But he was busy being wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquity. Upon him was the chastisement, the punishment that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. All of us, you, me, everybody. We like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And he still comes after us. And the Lord has laid on him. Let him carry the iniquity of us all. Jesus said this, greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. That is the proof that Jesus is the best friend that you will ever have, the best love that you will ever know. And how does this connect? How does this connect with you and your other friends? Jesus says this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. when we have been loved by a friend as dear as that, who says, you want to live in my love, you want to follow me, you want to stick with me, you want to then love the people I put in your orbit that way. Expand your orbit. You give your life up for them to carry them, to carry their burdens. And look, if you have a friend who does not know Jesus, then the most loving thing you can do for them is provide that introduction. I want you to decide today you're going to do that. That's the, you do what Kathy does. You can do it. My friends, we we, we just need to get real with the friendship of Jesus because you are just like me, a sinner, And we cannot live and breathe and love and have any freedom under the weight of our sin and guilt. Jesus alone is the one who is strong enough to lift that sin and guilt, no matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter how persistent, off of us. He did that by going to the cross and becoming our sin and guilt on the cross in our place as our substitute so that we could be forgiven 
and free in Jesus alone. You can do a lot of things to hide, to medicate, to, to deny, but nobody can lift guilt. Nobody can lift sin. Nobody can make you right but Jesus. And he will and he wants to. Will you decide right now? He calls you his friend. He offers you this friendship. Will you decide to, for the very first time, say, yes, I'm going to accept your offer of friendship to be my Lord, to be my Savior. Or maybe you do, maybe you do walk with him. Maybe you do believe in him. You just need to refresh that and know what a friend you have in Jesus so that you have the strength as he lives in you to love and serve and lift people and friends the way he has done for you. And if you and I will accept his friendship and let him do that again through us, then you and your friends and your family and the city and this world will never be the same. That's next level friendship and it's offered to you. What are you gonna do? Let's pray. Lord, you're good. I want to thank you for being the friend that we did not deserve. Lord, we want to reconnect with you, Lord. First time, or or maybe for the first time in a long time, or maybe deeper than we ever have, we want to reconnect with you so that we know you. We know your friendship and and we let it come and, and just transform us as you move in and you love people through us, Lord, that you... You take the busyness and and let us prioritize you and people. And then our lives would be rich and pleasing to you. And we would have meaning and purpose because we're, we're lifting and we're carrying. Lord, that we wouldn't be too busy. Lord, that we wouldn't be so self-focused. Lord, that we would be focused on you. We would be focused on others. Lord, forgive us for that. Lord, that we would not be isolated. Lord, help us to connect to connect with you, to step out of our comfort zones and and connect deeper with the people we know and the people who need us who we don't. And Lord, that we would not be proud. We would not be proud to say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to show that I need you, that I need others. Lord, just come against all of those things. Help us know that we're forgiven. We're free because we have a friend in you. And because you carried our burdens and you're carrying us home, then our arms are free to carry our friends, carry their burdens and carry them to you so that they can be free too. We love you in Jesus' name.